Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Goodwill Talk. This is Pastor Marcus with you. I'm one of your hosts. And as always, I'm joined by Jessica Kildup. How are you doing? I'm great. You're good? I don't yeah. know what you're laughing at. I feel like it's me. Oh, Was it me? No, no. no. My hair is... Oh. I took a shower right before we came, and it's humid, and oh. my hair is like super fluffy, and I was yeah. fluffing it to make Marcos laugh. You, you, oh. Yeah, it looks like... I it, thought I did something that made you guys oh, laugh. It's, it's like she its own personality. finger in an electrical socket <laughs> over here. It's... <laughs> It's all right, but it's good. Humidity in my hair is really. And here's what's fantastic is you you did this because today we're having our photo taken for the website. So you, yeah. And I was gardening all morning. So I was like. Right. So what is this? This thing that you do? You planted flowers all. How long does it take to plant flowers? You said you're doing it in windowsills. Oh, uh, well, I have boxes that go on my windowsills. Okay. So I have, I have four. (laughs) I just imagine you out there like trying to plant in a single windowsill for four hours. It's like, how does this work? <laughs> no, I have window boxes. Okay. All right. And, and there's brackets and they, you know, slide into the brackets under my windows. The oh, no, no, no. They're okay. there. No, I was planting the flowers, but you got to mix your dirt. You got to like make the right mix because my, why? Dirt's uh, dirt, right? Uh, well, kind of, but my, my boxes uh, are self-watering. They have like a, a um, I don't remember the word. They have like watering. Yeah. Like an irrigation system in your kind of. Yeah. There's a a section in the bottom under the dirt and there's a little little reservoir thing. Yeah. Reservoir. That's the word. Okay. And then um, you put the hose in the side. There's like a little uh, Uh outlet and you put it in and it fills the reservoir so that they self water because it's on the sunny side of my house. And so otherwise I I would need to water during the summer, like twice a day. So you don't want to do that. You want the flowers without the labor. Well, not the labor, but you know, like if I go away for the weekend, they, oh, you come back and your boxes are dead. Gotcha. So, so these have, no have helped. But anyway, so I was, so yeah. I, yeah, I have a mix of perlite and fertilizer and peat and soil huh. that I use that works good for the watering from the bottom. So when we, when we moved into the house, um, Rebecca Satcher gave us a plant. Uh-huh. And uh, so people who are from New Paltz and Beacon, they know Rebecca Satcher. And uh, she gives us a plant and then texts us later that night and says, hey, just a heads up. You're going to start smelling a smell from this plant because when the sun goes down, it starts to stink. And we're not sure why, but that's just and also don't touch it because it's poisonous. Enjoy. <laughs> what? Why did she do that? And then she tells us, oh, I'm just kidding. I She lies. There's no way she's kidding. She gave us a poisonous plant for oh. our, you know, welcome home gift. So don't thank you. Like to, don't let the kids anywhere near it. It's up on a shelf, like on the top of a bookshelf. What, what kind of plant is it? Do you I don't even know. know. I, it's, it's green. I don't know plants. This is not an area okay. where I have an encyclopedic knowledge. I very few areas in life where I have encyclopedic knowledge, like Marvel, Star Wars, Star Trek, solid encyclopedic knowledge on a lot of that. <laughs> but not plants. Not plants. Plants is not the area. <laughs> You're no. So funny. I just... So anyway, so yeah, I was, I planted my, my boxes. Okay. I've got planters in the back. I've got my baskets. So I was planting wow. just kind of everything because my in-laws are coming soon. So I need to give them oh. as good a chance I can to get them to pop flowers because I'm a little, I planted almost a month 
I planted my seeds about a month later than I normally do. So I'm a little behind. behind. I mean, I'm fine. Okay. I'm just I'm a little behind for them to be where I want them when my in-laws come. Oh, so you have to have the, the house prepped for the in-laws. Well, I mean, I have to, but you know. All right. You want a nice yeah, variety I'm, of... I like do, it to... Do you do like multiple colors or is it kind of a... A scheme? Like, how do you how do you <laughs> knock this out? Did you you like know I'm neurotic? There's no chance so, you don't have a plan. I oh I yeah. <laughs> yeah no 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 I make my plan and usually like sometime between usually it's in November. This year I didn't do it till January. Hold on, wait. You're planning your spring flowers in November? Like yeah, pre Christmas well, because because you got to get your seeds before they sell out. Oh, because seeds usually will ship in January. Okay. So, and sometimes I'll I'll, I'll take advantage of like a Black Friday sale for my seeds. How expensive are these things? Well, I mean, not significantly expensive, I but remember, I mean, I'll usually spend like $60 on seeds. Like when, when I was growing up, we had a vegetable farm outside and in order to do that, you had to buy seeds. Yeah. You literally just drove down to Ace Hardware, bought a bunch of seeds, brought them back, put them in the ground and saw what happened. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm a little bit more particular than that. Apparently. And I like to, I, I, I like to have a plan. Designer seeds. Like some people have designer well, handbags. Not, you have no, designer no, no, no. seeds. They're not, some of them are designer seeds, but some, but. <laughs> Some of them, I just like to have a plan so that right. like, I, you know, I coordinate so that, cause you know, every year, like some stuff germinates better than yeah, others. Yeah. So you have a plan that you, you know, you planted 50 seeds and you got 10 oh, plants. Okay. So you kind of have to be a little flexible. What happens if you get 50 plants? So then like you give them away. Plant wars? <laughs> no, you just like give them no, away. You, <laughs> you just put up on Facebook that you have extras and people are always oh, happy okay. to come and take your extra plants off. So we have to, you, we have to have us over at some point I will. when the plants are bloomed. So I will. we can come see what the, the work of well, I'll, I'll God's try to, hands, because you didn't do crap. You just put No, it, yeah. I just All put right. it in and let God do his thing. <laughs> okay, that's good. But uh, yeah, no yellow and no red. I have a red rose bush that is like came with my house. But other than that, okay. I, I no yellow and, and no red in my flower beds All right. because I don't know. No I'm, red like and no yellow. Pinks, purples, whites, and blues. All right. So if, if for whatever reason we're going to bring you flowers, so if my wife's going to bring you flowers, I have to warn her no, re no reds and no yellows. Oh, no, no, no. I don't mind them in like a bouquet in my house, oh. but not in my flower beds or in my baskets. It's a strange distinction to make. I know. Okay. <laughs> I, right. have, I have purple irises that I planted for my parents' house probably like three years after I moved into the mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had planted them when I first moved in and about three years in, a yellow one popped up out of nowhere. <laughs> I ripped it out. And <laughs> I gave it away. I was like, oh, oh, man. it doesn't belong here. Oh, that's all right. It's a little so, violent, but okay. All right. Anyway. Well, here's the thing. Here's, here's, you ready for this segue? <laughs> talking about planting seeds. Oh, huh? good oh, job. Oh, yes. Well done. We're talking <laughs> outreach and missions today. And uh, the reason we're talking about this, uh, well, there's a handful of reasons we're talking about this, but I don't often talk about kind of my job description. Right. Because you are the pastor of outreach. Um, what, what's it? So here's Officially. the thing. I went through about 16 different job descriptions here at Goodwill Church. That's the and, Goodwill way. Uh, it is the Goodwill way. So here, I show up and they don't have a, they just don't, they don't have a job for me, right? And I've told that story before. Mm -hmm. Well, when they started, when they actually hired me, well, what are we going to hire this guy to do? And there was plenty. So I ended up kind of the smorgasbord of job descriptions that slowly got tapered down to like, okay, here's his lane. Here's where yeah. we're going to have him. And, um, added to that afterwards was lead pastor of beacon which narrowed it down even more because i was overseeing like content for bible studies and all that and mm -hmm. brought tim on i'm like here you go yeah, all of this so that's why he's overseeing all the small groups and stuff because i'm going i don't want to do anything you you're passionate about this yeah i just want to be able to survive so here's something that i don't want to have to deal with anymore that you're going to be really good at and he has been um 
the piece I told them I really wanted to hold on to was missions. Yeah, because you're super into missions. Really care about global missions. And um, they said, well, that's great. That means you're also going to do local missions. And I went, oh, what? What is that? And like, you know, outreach and, and evangelism. <gasps> oh, okay. I'll oversee that. And, and I've been learning. I've been, that is a huge stretch for me because um, I can preach in a pulpit ask me to share my faith with somebody across the table from me. And like, I clam up. I, I don't know what that, I'm not good at it. That's yeah. one of my biggest. You're not alone. No. I, that's, and here's the thing. Like, if you feel like you struggle at sharing your faith, guess what? So does one of your pastors. It's just not, it's not a naturally easy thing. I'll tell you about the Eagles all day long, but I'm in a situation where I'm going to tell somebody that they're a sinner who needs Jesus. And I'm like, Oh, this is awkward. I don't want to do this well, but you know, God's good. He meets me in the moment and we, we go on with it. Um, but now I'm overseeing the outreach ministries of the church and have been for a couple of years. And we want to talk about that. Yeah. We want to talk about what we do, what outreach looks like, what is what is missions. Again, a lot of people say we know we do missions, but who are our missionaries? Where are they? And, you know, there's this is a public podcast. There's only, there's going to be an area where I can't go because when you talk about global work, you, you then get into some dangerous, literally dangerous areas. Yeah, for the safety of the missionaries. Right. You, you just be specific. Yeah. But um. You know, for example, everybody knows where Portia Green is. I don't need to say that on this podcast. I'm just right. going to call it Europe, and mm -hmm. you all can fill in the blank there. Um, but it's it's a uh, th it's an important part of who we are as a church. It's one of the major parts of what I do. Uh, the only thing really I do outside of Goodwill Church Beacon is outreach type ministries. It's actually where the podcast comes from. Is it's really eventually going to be an outreach thing. You hear something, hey listen to this from my church, right? It's a way to get in people's ears. Gotcha. So um, that's what I do. And it's also something you don't know a whole lot about. I don't. You were saying we're missions. I was like, I, I mean, I know, obviously, there, as a trustee, there's a certain level of what I know. But sure. I, I don't know a lot about like the actual nitty gritty of the things that we do and where, okay. we, where we're at and how it works. And so then so, you get to like, you're the proxy of the congregation. Yeah. We talk about this. So, you said when we were talking earlier that you, um, when you first got into, or when you first were given missions, that you kind of curtailed down what what we were doing and kind of gave it some focus. Oh yeah, and well, I think that followed along with what our um, our denomination, right? Like, doesn't our de denomination have a global mission? Yeah, focus? there's a focus. I mean, there's so much need. If you go to a place, um, and here's some like people who are really passionate about missions or have no idea what missions are, it's it's not too hard to learn. Um, go to joshuaproject.net. That's the first place I'd send people. The Joshua Project is this group, um, and and here's their kind of their slogan: bringing definition to the unfinished task. There was this thing that happened back in the '70s. Somebody wrote a book and called it the unfinished task. How do we finish getting the gospel to every corner of the globe? We haven't done it. I think people assume that everybody's heard of the gospel, but there are literal hundreds of unreached people groups. Um, we are currently tracking, or they are, the Joshua Project, 1,375 movements of people have never heard Jesus' name. Wow. Literally have never heard of this person. And um, so the question is, how do we then introduce him to people? How do we reach these 1300 people groups that have never heard of Christ? And for each people group, right, you're talking a lot 
of a lot of individuals, like a lot of human beings within right. these people groups. Totally unreached is 7,439. That's 42% of the people groups in the world have never heard the gospel. Wow. And if you have any sort of doctrine of hell, that is a really disturbing number. Um, and that was part of what captured me, was realizing, man, I was sitting in San Diego one day when I was still in college. I'm sitting there going, all these people who are driving by, like, we're all going to die at some point. And there is a heaven and there is a hell. And there's a decision that has to be made. And that that sat me back for a second. I think that's where the seeds started to get planted a little bit of, you should care about what's happening around the world. Um, and so I've, I've gotten involved. It's a massive task. So how are we going to get involved? Because you get overwhelmed by that, right? All right. these people groups, it just it paralyzes you. So then you ask the question, what's the little sliver that we're going to tackle as a church? Right. And and the denomination has decided, uh, and this is in flux, but really it is unreached people groups. Um, we're not going to spend a ton of time in countries um, where there's already churches everywhere. Uh, there's one exception to that here at Goodwill Church. But everywhere else, it's like, how are we reaching people who've never heard before? Or how are we at least approaching getting to that place where we can we can do that. So Unreached People Groups is big. Going to the Joshua Project is is really an important way to to get an understanding of, okay, who's unreached? What's the difference between an unreached people group and a frontier people group? Like that's a different thing that's happened in missiology is this huge field. It's, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking it's about. It's fascinating <laughs> stuff. I, I can really nerd out about this, but... Um, I see that. But it's important. It's really well, important. It's, I, yeah. So... Um, what when you first your first uh focus was going go, goodwill goes yeah. global yeah. so w what who do we support how does it work yeah. like how do we find out or is there a way to find out or just to keep in touch like how they're doing how can we pray for you what you know like what are your needs so there's this has been one of the biggest um challenges that we've had as a church is you know you mentioned paring down mm -hmm. When, I, when, before I was even known by this church, there was somebody here, Helena Wolf, who was the head of our missions program here. And when she took it over, it was this, it was this sprawling, like, have you seen just a bunch of thread laying out there <laughs> and you're going, there's no definition of this. What do you do with this? Right. That was kind of our missions program. So her, what she did is said, I'm going to put definition to this and just started axing things left and right because the mission programs can happen. I... I know a guy whose third cousin is going to be going on this trip. Can we send money? Yeah, we'll send 20 bucks. And that gets added to the missions budget. And suddenly everybody's getting 20 bucks and nobody's able to do anything. Right. right. So what she said is, no, we're going to do a few things and we're going to go deep in relationship with these few organizations. Yeah. And she's chopping stuff left and right. I came on at the tail end of that process. Gotcha. She'd done most of that work. And, uh, we don't have an effective missions program if it's not for Helena Wolf. Like that just Thank that, you, Helena. That doesn't happen if it's not for Helena Wolf. And then after about a decade of that, she's tired. And so she steps down. <laughs> she steps down after a year or two of my being here. She's like, all right, now there's a pastor who's overseeing this. And missions is one of those things where Pastor Jay oversaw it for a while, then Jose oversaw it for a while, then Josh oversaw it. It was kind of getting bounced around, which is one of the reasons why I said, let me just hold on to this one. Like the other things I'll give up as, as my job gets more solidified, I'll hold on to this because it needs stability. 
And then um, trans transitioning to Ted helped solidify that as well. So Ted Barnett's really the chair of Goodwill Goes. He oversees the whole thing. And I'm the pastor who supports. And that's that's the role. Um, and I'm, I'm the one who's constantly talking about it as well. I'm like, hey, let's talk about missions. Let's talk about giving money to missions. Let's talk about going on mission trips. Let's talk about sending people, you know, and, and that's people get sick of it, but I don't care. I don't think people are <laughs> sick of it. And especially so this year, I know we've been doing a different way that we're funding yeah. missions because COVID has really impacted all aspects of the church. But yeah. I think that it's interesting that out of kind of just a need to do something different, that the church has really, I feel like, um, embraced missions more or, and like even started asking the questions that they didn't know they weren't asking. Like, yeah. I didn't know I didn't know about that, but now I know. So tell me. Well, and that's, you know, it was a happy accident, really. Um, when we knew because of COVID that we were going to have to make some really hard cuts, like how are we going to keep the lights on became a question, right? You know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's the serious nitty gritty. We have to survive as a church. And we said, okay, for missions, how do we how do we take advantage of the situation we're in and say no? The people in the church need to really care about this. Right. This doesn't need like to we're just not be just going to drop line item. Right. We're not going to drop missions. We're going to figure out how we how we can keep it. And that's an important thing. We removed a huge chunk of the budget appropriated towards this, and we did not stop funding a single missionary. Right. That's an important thing for people to know. We didn't say we're cutting missionaries to be able to pay for this. No. We said we're going to change the way we fund. Right. And we're not going to drop anybody. Right. And so it started in, in January. We did a year, uh, a month for uh, My Choice Crisis Pregnancy Center. It's one of the local missions. So there's, when Goodwill goes, there's these two sections. Goodwill goes global. It's the main focus of today. But then there's also Goodwill goes local, our local outreach work. And for the, when I first was given missions and outreach, I was like, okay, for this first year, I'm going to really focus in on global missions, make sure I got my head around it, know who our missionaries are and start, you know, kind of putting more shape and more form, building out what Helena has already done. Then the second year, I'm really going to dive into local outreach. <laughs> the and best lead plans. Yes. Um, right before year two begins, a global pandemic descends on the world. And my whole idea of how we're going to start doing outreach goes out the window because we can't actually see people face to face. And it paralyzed anything that I was going to try and do. So I'm just now kind of getting things going again this summer, trying to build teams in all the places to do local outreach, hyper contextualized. There's going to be a team. There is a team in Beacon. We're building teams in New Paltz, Montgomery and Port Jervis. Those teams will drive our outreach efforts. Like it's not going to be the grand poobahs in the sky up here saying, here's what outreach needs to look like. It's going to be the people who actually live in those areas go to church in those locations are saying, here's what outreach would actually be effective. Right. Cool. Then you drive it. We help. Right. That's how it's going to be. Because me showing up in Beacon, I have no idea what your community needs, what your, your church needs. I no. have no idea. No. I mean, and and I, I can't just show up in Port Jervis and say, here's what you need to do for outreach. Right. Like, and I'm one of the pastors here, but I, I don't get down to Port enough to be able to say that. But there are people who are there every single week right. who love that community or pouring in. Yeah. Great. Well, then I'm going to pour into you. Right. <laughs> I'm going to let you make right. sure that you're driving this. Right. And so um, that's how we're going to try and, and build local outreach. But that's also going to be funded from the people. You know, if, if we really care about getting the gospel into people's hands, we're going to put our wallets behind it, not just our our good wishes behind it. Wallets and time really tell us what we care about. 
And so we're going to fund it as the people, not as the line item in the budget. Right. Um, and that's an important thing for people, I think, to hear. And we did that with my choice. We did that for, so here's some of the missionaries that we do support, right? Mm -hmm. um, we support a, an orphanage in Guatemala. This is the one non-frontier place or non-unreached place where we're at. Um, and that's in Guatemala. Guatemala is overwhelmingly a Christian country, but it has overwhelming poverty, overwhelming pain and heartache. And there was a long-term relationship between Goodwill Church and Daryl Fulp and Hope for Home Ministries. And so we said, listen, even as we're shaping this, we're not going to lop off this important work. We're not going to stop supporting what's happening in Guatemala. In fact, we've upped our support in what's going on in Guatemala. And um, so we did that. We've raised money for them. Um, we have a partnership with a, a group called the Philemon Project in Lebanon. Um, and that's there's a guy there that's doing incredible work. And it's it's Beirut, Lebanon. All right. People hear Beirut and they think kind of how it was 20 years ago. It's a cosmopolitan city. A lot has changed, but it's also been really, really hard the last couple of years. There was the blast that people might remember happened last year. Uh, the economy totally fell apart and then COVID hit. It's been a disaster um, and some real, real problematic, like human rights type issues happening in Lebanon right now as well. And the Philemon Project's involved in all of it because they're there to serve the poor and they're helping the the poor to get early childhood development for their kids and try and do generational change that way amazing super work. important really important and a lot of refugees coming through lebanon makes sense a lot of unreached people who never heard the gospel who are trying to get their kids to to be able to make it to the next generation where they send them to a christian organization that has really good reputation in beirut gospel opportunity everywhere definitely seed planting but some, some people just come into christ whole families come into christ through this ministry so That's awesome on the surface early childhood development right really kingdom work and people are coming to christ and those who don't come to christ still get a glimpse of the beauty of christ and that's really important um we all know portia green she's serving in europe and we spent a whole month talking about her and trying to raise money and support for her um and we're trying to grow like there's another European country I'm going to try and, and visit, if not the end of this year, next year. There's a seminary in the capital city that is planting churches throughout the region. If we can get a relationship with that seminary, we then have contacts with churches being planted throughout that region in Muslim-dominated countries. Like it's, wow. it's incredible opportunity for the gospel, and um, we get to be a part of that. And that's a lot of fun. And I, I mean, I would love next year to have a missions team go to Beirut. Like we send teams to Guatemala of kids. Let's send adults to Guatemala. Let's send adults to Beirut. I'm not going to send kids to Beirut, but let's, let's send adults. I know adults. Matt wants to go to Guatemala and hold all the babies. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Like it's important work. Yeah. Like these are kids who, who are, are orphaned yeah. and don't have that physical touch that's so yeah. important for their development. And, and we'll never... Um, be adopted because I do know about that one. Right, because they've they, severe Right, um, the country has decided that they're unadoptable. So these are kids who will live as right. orphans forever. Forever. And and will their whole lifespans because they're not going to live that long. Right. And um, right. it's it's, uh, it's Guatemala's version of India's untouchables right. from a decade ago, right? And it's still really kind of a problem there today. Right. Um, and so there's that's what we're doing right now globally. Um, there's other things, there's other smaller missions that we do support, but those are the main pillars of our missions program. Um, goodwillgoes.org is a website that we're starting to develop so that we can show some of this. So if you go there now, 
um, you can find a video about the work that's happening in Lebanon and a video about the work that's happening in Guatemala. Cool. Um, and then as we can share more information, that'll end up on that website. And also in the Montgomery location in the cafe, we built a coffee bar mm -hmm. and the goal is to turn that into a missions coffee bar. Oh, so nice. So that all of our missionaries, because you can't put it online, but you can put it in person. Right. With all the details, updated um, prayer requests, all of that will be up in the cafe in Montgomery. And then um, also we're going to figure out ways to kind of raise nickels, dimes, quarters, that kind of thing that will then go to the missions efforts of the church. So cool. we're going to have coffee together again and fellowship, but we're also going to educate people about missions. So those are the different things that we're trying to yeah, and that's something get off the ground. As a church, we've been missing a little bit is keeping the missionaries front and center yeah. for people to see. A lot of questions that I would get in terms of missions was, we know who Portia is because we, we see her almost every right, year. Right. It's like, what, what else are we doing? So that, that would help out a lot. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. And the other thing we're trying to do, you know, the downside of us doing the funding model this time was the only time people heard about missions, we were asking for money. Right. Well, now we're almost totally funded. Here it is the middle of the year, but we're still going to keep talking about missions. Oh, yeah. We're just not going to ask for money. <laughs> and we're going to be like, hey, here's educating what's going on here. Here's, um, you know, here's what Muslims believe. You know, I mean, it, it, this is how it impacts here. We have a uh, Buddhist temple in Walden. Yeah. We have a Buddhist temple in downtown Beacon. And we have a Buddhist temple 15 minutes from our Port Jervis location. We have two mosques in Newburgh, a mosque in Middletown, and a mosque in downtown Beacon. But how many of us know what a Buddhist actually believes? Right. How many of us know what a Muslim actually believes? Right. Enough uh, to engage and... And, and witness to them and even, in, a, in a way that, yeah. that would, they would be receptive. Build a relationship with them. Right. You know, know, know enough that, um, you know, when Ramadan ends, there's this great feast holiday and just be able to say, hey, I hope you have a good day today. Right. Like just that kind of relationship building so that you can have long-term friendships that might open the doors. A spirit could be working in that. Right. Maybe at one point they'll be willing to hear the gospel. And here's the thing. People like to tell you what they believe. So ask. Asking right. a Muslim friend, what do you believe? And then they're going to, out of respect, ask you what you believe. Boom. You share the gospel. Right. Like, you can't do that if you don't have a friendship. If you don't know. Right. Like, I don't know. I didn't know until last week. Last week, I found out there's a Buddhist temple in Walden. I had no idea. Yeah? I had no clue. I did. Well, you live in Walden. I do. <laughs> uh, but I didn't know. And so, you know, I don't think everybody does know that the nations are here. And so as we do global work, right. it informs that, that, local outreach. Right. That same work can be done here. No question. No question. This is one of the cool. things Porsche's trying to school me on. And uh, Good girl. Yeah, she's been very <laughs> helpful. So uh, for those of you listening, if you are interested in supporting missions or giving towards the uh, Goodwill Goes uh, global or local, yeah, you can give on the Church Center app. Right. There is... if. Um, It'll say like the fund that you want to give to, which yeah. typically I think it defaults to the general fund, mm -hmm. but you can click there and um Goodwill and, goes and Goodwill is an goes option. is down there. So you can give money and that will designate just yeah. specifically for everything missions. that's given to Goodwill Goes goes to missions. And right, right now that's that's all of it. Um the goal down the road is to kind of have Goodwill Goes as the umbrella that oversees global and local. Right. And then we want to be able to fund both. Um, but it, right now you give to Goodwill goes, it goes to everything. Right. Just goes know, to where the need is. Right. And, and it goes to support missionaries doing really important work. 
And, um, and here's the other thing. When it comes to local outreach, like global outreach, we're really trying to narrow in on a part of the world. And people are going to be hearing more about that. Um, there is this, this section of, of Europe into the Middle East that we're really focusing on. And all of our new missions work is going to be in that oval. Um, but when it comes to local outreach, you have an idea, let us know. Like, let's, let's work together on this. If, if outreach is something you're really passionate about, we're building the teams this summer into the fall. You want to be on that team? Let me know. We'll put you on the team. Yeah. Email Pastor Marcos. Yeah. I don't know your email address. Mortega at GWEPC.org. Go to the Goodwill Church website. Look up the, the staff, leadership, pastors. I don't know what it's actually called. Look up us. I'm there. My email address is right there. Email me. You want to do outreach? Email me. I'll put you on an outreach team. Just tell me you know what branch you go to. We'll make it work. Cool. Um, and we're going to raise up leaders to really drive this. You know, it's we're going to reach as many people as the congregation wants to reach. That's really what this boils down to. I can't do all the outreach. You can't do all the outreach. No individual can. The church must do it. Yeah. Um, all we can do is try and give some ideas and some momentum, and then the well, people will do it. And support and equip them. Yeah. That's it. Cool. That's all we can do. So, um, so that's outreach and missions. It's a it's an important part of who we are. We're talking about it more and more. You're really going to start hearing about local missions. You know, I was talking with Pastor Jose, and um, in in August, all the all the uh, branches are getting branch specific sermons, and he was like, "I'm giving a month to outreach. We're just going to talk about outreach for a month in August, and really push this and the importance of it." I'm like, "Great, yes, please, and let's keep doing that, and let's keep talking about it, and and." Because it is. This is really important. There is an unfinished task. There are people who are dying who've never heard of Jesus. And that's not just true in other countries. It's true here as well. Yeah. Like the the more and more we head into new gen, like Generation Z, a lot of these kids are growing up in totally agnostic homes who only know of Christianity as the, the uh, caricature that they see on the news. Right. They don't actually know. They've never heard Jesus. What do they call that? Like a post- Post-Christian. Post-Christian- and the countries had in there, we're there. In New York, we're there. Yeah. It's a post-Christian society. People have more exposure to cults out here than they do to the, the actual Christ of the Bible. Right. And uh, so we're reaching unreached people groups next door to one another. And that's that's important. So any more questions? I think, think we're good. I think that's it. I feel like we covered a lot. We did. I we'll, talked we'll, a lot. We'll revisit. Well, I mean, I don't know anything, so I had nothing to, right. to add. I mean, it's just 30 minutes of me talking, but that's okay. You did great. You I thought it was the questions in, important. I, I, I thought it was interesting. Good. And learned some stuff, and we'll revisit it. We will. We will, especially when we get you on a mission trip. When's that happening? Where are we sending you? I don't know. I'll go wherever. You go wherever? Yeah. All right. Go and send Matt to Guatemala. Pick, I'm a kind of picky eater. So as long as I can bring nope. a cheese stick. <laughs> nope. Not a thing you can do. Man, I had to learn that. I don't so know like, if I would be very good at that. So here's here's what happened for me. It was a psychological switch for me that I had to flip. Um, so I I was I was more picky in my eating. Um, my first missions trip was kind of the typical youth group missions trip. I did that down to Mexico when I was like 16 years old. Then at my former church uh, outside Philly, I joined the pastor and his wife on a trip to Brazil. And it was on my, it was before that where um, they took me out to a Brazilian steakhouse and just kind of introduced me because I'd never eaten at a Brazilian. I, I knew there was lots of meat there, but I didn't know the different kinds of foods or anything like that. Uh -huh. So like, hey, we just want to take you out, introduce you to some of the foods. And it was around that same time that it clicked in my head that if we believe God created everything, then we also have to believe that God put the flavor in everything. Like he didn't create everything neutral. 
and we put flavor in it. He put the flavor in it, which means tasting is a way to explore God's creation. That was the flip for me. When I realized that by tasting different things, I'm tasting what God has made. I was like, oh, wait. So he knows that when you add salt to that, it gives you this flavor. And we combine these two flavors together, that flavor shows up. And that's not accidental. Like we didn't discover this just on our own ingenuity. He built it that way. I'm like, all right. Well, now when I'm eating something, I'm exploring God's creation. I'm not, it's the categories now of good and bad. I've kind of disappeared. Like there's low quality, high quality. Like I know when I go to fast food, I'm not getting as good of a burger as if I go to an actual like burger joint, but good and bad, uh, they're not the same categories anymore for me for food. That, that switched it. I might not convince you. That's okay. I'll try to but be it was more open-minded. I'm a texture person. It's not even so much flavors. I'm just, um, I don't know. You made the texture too. Made the texture of a slug. Have you ever eaten escargot? Oh, no. man, if this was a video podcast, that would have no. been a great picture. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. To you. You got to, you got to, you know, you got to. All right. So I'll go on a mission trip. I'll bring my cheese sticks. I'll bring a box of cereal. I'll be good. You know, my first, my first mission trip down to Mexico, you know, we hadn't, we didn't, we didn't think to bring food. We were driving for eight hours, a bunch of teenagers. We didn't think to bring food except for one person thought they were just adding to everything else was going to come. Boxes of payday candy bars. Yes, they're the best. And Slim Jims. Oh, that's, so for, that sounds like me and Nolan going on a road trip. For an entire week, if we weren't eating at somebody's house or at a restaurant or something, we were eating paydays and Slim Jims. I've never eaten a payday since. Oh, no, I can't do it. Oh, God made it. He made the flavors to go together. Yeah, he also gave me the memory. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, listen, thank you for this topic and, and for this conversation and thank you for listening. Listen, if you want to know more information, I can share it through email. Um, if you want to know more specifics about the, the missions work that we're doing, talk at goodwillchurch.org. Send us your questions. If you have ideas for outreach, talk at goodwillchurch.org. And if you have ideas for topics, listen, this is actually the end. Did you realize the end of season six today? I didn't know that. Yeah. So we have, well, a, that means your special episode coming, special <laughs> episode coming. I, I have no idea. I mean, I know, you know what it is. I know it, what it is, but I don't know what it is. And I and I and you haven't heard it. No, I don't know what it turned out to be. It's really, really fun. I and look forward uh, to hearing. yeah, it's a good time. It comes out next week. It's a special episode with a couple special guests and me just kind of listening the whole time. It was it was a lot of fun. Really cool episode. That's next week, and then we'll be back in a couple of weeks with season seven of Goodwill Talk. This has been season six, episode ten, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci, Jeff DiMatti, and Tracy Johnson. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week 